Hey, 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 listeners, welcome back to yet another episode of Cable's Cough. Nope, that's not right. <laughs> yes, it was. No, it's, oh, no, it is Cable's Cough. Yeah, you're good. Damn it. Hey, 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 listeners, welcome back to yet another episode of Cable's Coffee and Curveballs, where you're, we are your hosts, Rich and George, and my main man, Sweet Lou. Do you, do you, fellas? Yes, indeed. Welcome back, everybody. Sweet Lou, how you doing today? Hey, I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing Just good, all right? Man. Are we doing better today? And I'm enjoying some delicious coffee from our sponsors, coffee sponsors today. Grounds in Danbury, Connecticut. Is that Lou? They also opened up a location in the Bronx recently. Awesome, delicious coffee. Delicious. I'm not again. I'm not a big hot coffee guy, but this is absolutely delicious. So shout out to Grounds. Thanks, Lou. I'm already on my second cup. Me too. Before we get started with today's session, Rich, let me let me just give a quick shout out to our CCUMC folks. I was at a conf- conference last week, the CCUMC Now ETC conference. ETC. ETC, Educational Technology Collaborative. I like it. I like it a lot. But what a great show, though. Let me tell you, what a great show. This was our first show since 2019 in person, first in-person show. And it was so good to be back, see people in person. I got to meet Joe Way and Chris Nito, these guys. You know, you see them on Twitter, you see them on social media, but seeing them in person, they're just... They're they're quite something to Joe be. Joe Way, another fall, uh, fellow bald AV guy here. Hey 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 hey. Um, you know, this was a really international conference. We had folks from from uh, Germany, from Australia, Finland, even Canada. Wow. Um, and the UK, uh, and it was really really just an international international show. But there, you know, oh wait, before that, I heard there were some great presentations. There were some fantastic presentations. Uh, my good friend Karen Ethier from from uh, uh, Rhode Island University. She did a fantastic DEI presentation, opened my eyes to quite a few things. Very nice. My main man, Brian Shanks, he did this presentation on how to develop your employees yeah. and, and build a career path for them. It was a two-part uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. It nice. was mind-blowing. Uh, but, but let me tell you, let me tell you, I got to give special shout-outs, special kudos to two people. My main man, Donnie Merritt, current president, and host Ooh. to the show. Nice. I don't know how he did it, man. Wow. It was, I don't know how he was standing by, by, <laughs> by, you know, Friday. I'm sure he was just glad it was over. You right, know? right. Uh, it was a great, it, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And damn, wish I was there. Last but not least, AMR, their team, they do the management stuff. Mm-hmm. Christy, uh, she's our executive director for, from uh, representative from AMR. She was amazing. Like she was on top of it from day one. Um, she was always cool, composed, and just it was it was fantastic, man. But hats off, seriously, hats off. It was it was a great show. Joe Way, you and me are on notice for next week. That's right, folks. Twenty twenty three conference next year. Twenty twenty three ETC conference coming to USC. I'll be there. I'll I be. think. But let's move on from that, and let's move on to our show today. We Can we talk a, about coffee now? Yeah, let's talk about coffee. All right, let's talk about coffee real quick. Uh, there are some really cool statistics out there about coffee. We've talked about cat poop coffee. Then we talked about... Let's not do that again. Didn't we talk about like uh, goats? Goats were there like too. Like your favorite food and favorite drink both well, come from goats, let's right? Let's keep away from animals All right, today. we'll keep away from animals. Let's give you three quick hits on coffee. Did you know 64% of American adults currently consume coffee every day? I actually thought it would be a little higher, no? I thought it would be higher, yeah. too. Yeah, a little higher than 64%. I was thinking 75, 80, right? Maybe? Yeah, no? those are rookie numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of tea drinkers out there, though. Like, I know, like, my parents are, like, big tea drinkers. I mean, so. we're a lot of, we're very health conscious these days. Fair, so. fair. Oh, uh, here's here's a mind-blowing one. Americans drink about 400 million cups of coffee every day. The U.S. is among the leading consumers of coffee in the world. Million. 
and Americans drink about 146 billion, one billion, billion cups of coffee per year. Okay, that I guess I could believe that. That's, that's crazy. That's a mind blowing number. So, um, wow, wow. Yeah. With that being said, we're going to move on today to our special guest uh, who's going to be joining us. Today we have with us Sharat Abraham from Accenture. He is the digital workplace consultant. Today we have with us Sharat <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> what did you say? Just keep it going. Just keep it going. This is great. Today we have with us Sharat Abraham from Digital Workplace Consultant. I said your name three different ways, three different times now. You want me to just introduce myself? I could do that too. You yeah, how about we let Abraham. him introduce himself? All right, I got this one more. I got this. All right, I and three, this. two, one. Today we have with us, I lost, where is it? Hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> just say his name and then hand it off. Yeah. Sharat Abraham from Accenture, Digital Workplace Consultant, and with the Digital and Intelligent Workplace Business Group. Sharath, bro, that's a long title. In academia, <laughs> our titles are very short. Can you please tell us what all that means? Yeah, yeah. So my title is really just Digital Workplace Consultant. Um, and uh, I wanted to throw in the Digital and Intelligent Workplace Group because that's the business group at Accenture uh, that, I, that I'm part of, uh, which is part of another group, which is the Cloud Advisor Group. And on top of that is the Technology Group. So being at Accenture, there's a lot of, uh, you know, top-down level groups where it comes down into smaller groups. So that's mine is just a digital intelligent workplace group uh, where we help companies figure out uh, in-office experience, out-of-office experience, return to work. Um, but also the, the main thing is uh, cloud, uh, going from on-prem to cloud and assisting companies to do that. Nice. In the words of Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all, all right, right, all right, all right. <laughs> Um, so today we're here, we have you as an expert to talk about work from home culture. And uh, with everything going on post pandemic, there's a lot of discussion, argument about, you know, why can't I work from home? In my case, and I'm probably um, in the minority, um, or maybe I'm just too old school, I love coming into the office, right? So let's, let's talk about that. Um, what's your take on work from home? Are you pro against? And what do you think is the biggest struggle for work from home? So uh, I work from home, I'm definitely pro, but I like to kind of switch it around to just work from anywhere, really. Uh, I like because, that. Because um, like you, uh, I don't always like to work from home. Sometimes I look to, like to get out uh, and go to different, maybe even the library or the park or Starbucks. Cause I like some random noise behind me uh, just to get some sort of change in the everyday you know, nonsense of getting up and just coming straight into my work office, as I would say. So it's not really work from home, it's just work from anywhere, which what people call now hybrid, but it's what work is now, in, in my opinion. I like that, and getting out of the house. So uh, I think we, we forgot, congrats, uh, baby girl, right? We just, we yeah, heard about yeah. that, so. Yeah, uh, yeah, so that, that's 100% work from home for that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Also, on that front, how's the, how's the sleep time looking? Um, for you, you know, for you, for you. For, for me, you know, my wife and I have like this, schedule nice. that we try to stick to, yeah, but, yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, as, as the weeks go on, we realize the schedule is non-existent. Yep. It's just when the baby wakes up and cries, you <laughs> wake up and cry yourself as well, uh, and then take care of the baby, right? So, uh, but, but a lot of people have told me it's just for the first month is the hardest part. After that, it gets easier. So I'm, I'm down to, you know, three weeks. So I got a couple more to get to. Uh, they're being nice. I'm saying welcome to the rest of your life. <laughs> And and don't mind our social media stalking, but we did hear a rumor that you need an uh, Al Borland to go with your Tim the Toolman after you put a shelf up the other day. (laughs) I heard heard you did pretty good, though. 
Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, when I bought a house a long time ago, I was like, man, I'm so excited to do like like hands-on things in the house. And as I started doing hands-on things, I realized I'm terrible at it. Uh, so my wife was like, hey, can you put a couple of shelves up to put the books and, you know, all these cute things on the walls? Like, yeah, cool. Give me like four days for that. And I feel like that's what it's going to take me. But I kind of surprised myself because I, I found a lot of tricks on TikTok nice. on how to, you know, put things up on the wall, like using a masking tape and all that. And I did it in less than like two hours. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so surprised. I'm nice. Really like one higher level than, than Tim the Toolman. Awesome. That is awesome. Classic show too, by the way, but great show. Um, so let, let me pivot back to the, the, I'm going to, I'm going to use work from anywhere going forward since I, I do yeah. love that. Do you feel connected or disconnected from your coworkers when you're WFA? Um, and what can you do to improve that experience? Um, like George just mentioned, he really loves the idea of coming into the office. I, I do too. I mean, it's, it's nice to see people, especially in the, I think in the higher ed realm of things, right? You're, you have that, you know, campus life and quad life and there's students everywhere, faculty, staff, and you know, and that, I'm, and that, that translates to other areas as well. But what's your, what are your thoughts on that with the connect with your coworkers? Yeah. You know, you, you definitely need that connection to happen. And I think what COVID kind of opened up was the fact that middle managers don't know how to create that connection because they always expected people to be in the office and have that happen automatically. So what I think, in my opinion, is that, that the managers that manage different business groups need to figure out a way on how to make that connection happen, whether in person or remotely. So, you know, one of the things that I do in the office all the time is I just go around and ask people, hey, where are you from? What do you do? Just like at the bar, right? Like you're going to a bar and you're like, <laughs> nice. hey, you know, oh, what are you drinking, right? So previous to COVID, you would be sat next to someone that you've never met if you're a new hire and you kind of build that rapport between the person you're sitting next to. Now, the only thing difference is now we're using software to do that, but how do you do that in a, in a more structured manner, right? So I think creating different groups internally and figuring out what everyone has in common allows that to happen naturally. But it's really up to the managers in between to create or help assist with that culture. Uh, you can't force people to talk to each other. And going back to, you know, going on campus, what happens on campus all the time? There's club activities, there's free pizza, oh, there's yeah. things happening, there's free groups, food. there's all, free food, right? So do you see that in the office environment a lot? Are those thought about of happening in the office every now and then hey what's happening next month in the office previously people be like hey let's get some pizza because everyone's in the office now you kind of need to be more thoughtful of what you're doing activities in the office so that people are welcome but at the same time create a community where people can share their love for certain things so for example i'm i love sneakers hey uh, me and too I found yeah so i found a group of people in our office that also love sneakers so i created a chat now we have a community of people that love sneakers where we're always pinging each other. Hey, when's the next sneaker drop or when's this, when's that? And then when people come into the office, like, yo, who's in the office today? Because I'm wearing these and we take a picture and put it in the chat and then people meet up. Right. So, so that wasn't, you know, that organically happened. Pe people hate when they're forced to do stuff. I love that. I, I love organic I, too. Organic is our, it's our buzzword. We love organic. Buzzword. And I force people to talk to me all the time. They don't have a choice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, and again, this might go back to me just being old school, and I get it. You know, right, the future of the workplace um, is this work from anywhere culture that we're that we're that we're talking about, and um, it seems like what you're talking about with the you know 
culture and all of, not culture, I'm sorry, the, the work culture, new work culture mm -hmm. um, with the sneakers and all this, it's all influenced by social media, so to speak. But like, who sets the parameters? How do you set the parameters? So how do I know that who's policing is Rich Miller working from home today or is he up on his roof cleaning the gutters? Right? Uh, well, work from anywhere. I could be up on my roof cleaning my gutters and working. Or putting up shelves. Or putting up shelves. At the same time, why are we policing anybody? Aren't we all adults? That's um, a great point. So if you, if you, if you give Rich uh, a set of deliverables and you give him a date, and he meets those deliverables consistently for three months without any issues, why does it matter what he does in between if he's delivering those deliverables? Like, why, why, does, why does him having to put up shelves in the middle of the day, but then at the end of the day still delivering what he owes you by 6 p.m., why does that matter? Why, 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 why doesn't he believe? Aren't we all adults? Like, do we need to be monitored consistently if we're delivering? Well, now, that, that's, what, that's where manage, managers come into play, yeah. right? Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, what is what are those parameters for those managers now with this new culture? Right. Remember, George yep. is old school, but what he really means is he's old. So that's I think that's what he was I'm going for. Years old. <laughs> yeah. So so I think it, it starts from top level leadership to say the uh, so top level CIO, CTO, and then giving some advisement to managers saying, hey, you are a manager because you're good at managing people and you're good at delivering the results that I need for me to look good and get everything done, right? So you manage your team however you want. Uh, so in my previous work, you know, jobs that I had, I had a little disagreement because I was told that I need to tell my team to have everyone in the office. But I knew my team, one person lived an hour away, another person takes the bus, another person has two kids. And I knew that if I forced them to come into the office, their productivity would go down and their mental health would go down because of all the additional stresses to add. And I knew that about my team. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to tell the other manager how to handle his team. So it's really about empowering the leaders of business groups to kind of push how they do the work from home return to office. But at the same time, it is good for some companies to have some sort of, hey, we expect you to be in the office two times or three times a week. But if you're forcing people to come into the office two or three times a week, you better have a good reason for them to do it, not just come in the office and have Zoom meetings, even though you're sitting across from that person. That Unfortunately, that is with. the case these days anyways. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, Very true. But like, so how do you, um, from a performance appraisal perspective, how do you set those goals? How do you measure those goals? And, you know, uh, well, let's start with that because I was going to say what's a good routine, but Ooh, we can answer that after. That's a, that's a good one. Performance appraisal. Um, <laughs> I was just listening to a podcast with Brene Brown, Adam Grant, uh, regarding return to work and, and everything around that. And one of the things a lot of companies don't have is on their performance appraisal, it's always about KPIs. Have you met these key performing indicators of mm -hmm. how well you've done in terms of revenue or in terms of uh, cost or bringing something down or being more efficient? But there is no performance evaluation on how a person works with another person collaboratively. Like, like, how do I know, George, you and Rich work together well? You guys build some sort of rapport. So that should be part of a performance value at the end of the year. It's like, hey, I know you're a rock star, but when I ask eight people in the office, you know, what they think about you, they all think you're an asshole. Right? Right? Like, I love so, you, George. So I don't I think you're that an about asshole. Me. 
So no, so, so I see that a lot specifically in the AV company where AV companies just in our industry where there are rock star people, where they're rock star sales, rock star engineers. But when I see them, how they treat people, I would not value them above someone that I see them, you know, see someone else treat, you know, people the proper way. So, so that's a whole nother thing that's not going to happen overnight. That has to be changed around culture in every company. That has to be changed slowly to, to, to now leaders saying, hey, you're still going to be evaluated on your key performance indicators, but we're also going to start evaluating on how you treat people or empathetic towards people and, and different indicators. So that's just something new that I started thinking about recently because of that podcast with Brene and Adam Grant and things like that. So I, I thank you for calling me a rock star, by the way. <laughs> I thought he was talking to me, but I wanted to piggyback off that. Actually, this, this kind of goes right into our next question. <clears throat> Obviously, with performance reviews, KPIs, all that good stuff, your, your salary, your pay, right? Sometimes that's directly related to a promotion. Um, some of the stuff that we're seeing or hearing about out there is should there be a discrepancy like in pay structures, right? If you suddenly want to be 100% remote versus somebody that's 50-50 versus somebody that's, hey, I want to be in the office five days a week. Do you think, do you have any thoughts on that or any belief one way or the other or just anything on that? It's interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, if we're going to have discrepancy in pay structures for remote or hybrid, then it should be transparent for every single position for people to know. Um, you can't just say, hey, we're lowering your, your salary uh, because you're not remote, you should also post the salaries of everyone that's in the office because then now people remote might say, all right, well, because of the way I live and because I might need this salary to, to live the life I'm in, I'll go in the office. But if a company's not posting the different salary values, then that's kind of a moot point to now be forcing, hey, you're not remote. Uh, we're going to lower your salary. Well, why? I'm still doing the same output as you as I would in the office uh, but now I have a better life you know at home uh, because I, I think a lot of people are missing because of COVID a lot of people started realizing how important their life is with their family for sure and for sure everything around work so they might say maybe I don't need that salary right but you have to give that choice uh, 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 on top of it it has to be a choice I think the days of of saying this is how it is, is is slowly dwindling away. You do have to give some choice, but also have some structure towards those choices. Meaning, here are three choices instead of do whatever you want. Let's take a let's take a different angle on that little spin off on that question. So forgetting uh, forgetting the salaries, let's just say, uh, how do you differentiate, or how do you not? How, how are you? How can you be more inclusive to in, in a in a sense of promotions or opportunities, so to speak, within the office, if there's two groups of people, one's work from home, one's in person, however, the person both these groups report to are is also present in the office. How, and, so, but, but you know, there's more visibility with a person that's in front of you. So it, it's up to the, the person that they report to to keep in touch with everyone on their team. Why, why are they only keeping in touch with the people in the office? So me personally, the way, the way I manage my team, I had a weekly meeting with every single person just to check in, not, not, a, not a, hey, this is what you owe, this is what's due, just a weekly meeting, whether you're in the office or not in the office. So if you're in the office, you come in my office, we talk about work-life balance. It's up to the people to kind of set that, that, that value of, of reaching out to everyone on their team. Why, you know, 
why are managers previously always in that realm of everyone come to me uh, to, to talk about everything? Why can't managers do more? And I think that's what I've seen personally in my career is, is managers are always waiting for me to go to them about certain problems. But what's wrong with a manager checking in with their team or, or a supervisor checking with their team? Like, hey, everything good? Yeah, everything's good. You don't have to make it an hour-long meeting or a 30-long meeting and discuss KPIs and discuss your deliverables. We're all adults, so I trust you. But I think that opens up conversations outside of work to create that connection, which then creates loyalty to the company because they're like, hey, this guy actually wants to get to know me better. And then that correlates to performance reviews because each week you have, you're, you're kind of going through what this person is going through. And then I personally wrote down notes about, hey, blah, 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 this is doing well, project's going well, and then I have a journal for every. So that's what I'm saying. I think supervisors and managers just don't have the training or they haven't been trained on how to manage their people, whether they're in office or remote. It should be the same. Yeah. Uh, just I, because someone comes in the office doesn't mean they, they get you know more precedence, I would say. I, I agree. I agree with that. I think there is a lot to be learned, um, especially for the quote-unquote old-school manager like myself. Um, old. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, but, you know, so we were we were at the CTI grand opening the other day and you made a mention of something and there was the discussion was about oh you know people like to hear music because they want when you're in the office you want to have the feel of being at home and I want to be in my flip-flops and I want to be listening mm -hmm. to my music and how do we adjust that and you used a term um what was it I'll let you do the, it before na neighbor it was, it was called neighborhoods um it was it's it's actually home from, uh, from I think I was reading a, a Gartner research uh, or I think it was a McKesson research. It was some research article I was reading where they're saying, you know, if you want people to come back into the office, you can't build offices to kind of, you can't build an office to, to be available and, and set for every single person that works for you. You kind of have to be more uh, thoughtful in, in, in spaces that you're building out. So one of the things is neighborhoods. So at the Accenture office, we have different floors for different neighborhoods. So if you're on floor 66, that's the focus floor. Like you can't, you can't be talking loud. You can't be doing this. I like that. Got headsets, I will be on the 66th floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you go to floor 59, that that's the floor where everyone's collaborating. Everyone's talking out loud. There's some music being played. People are talking about sneakers. Where's the coffee on, floor? <laughs> <laughs> so coffee floor, we have 61. That's where, you know, <laughs> this really so, is so one. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's different, so you have to be, you know, you, you can't expect every single person to work the same exact way. Some people like music, some people like quiet time, some people like getting away from their desk. Uh, so it, it neighborhoods just allows it. So neighborhoods can also go into business groups, right? Instead of, you know, previously marketing had floor 59 and everyone in marketing works on floor 59. But if you're going into this hybrid structure, everyone's not in the office all the time, so they have to book a space. But if they know that marketing is floor 59, they'll book a space on floor 59 as opposed to floor 60. But they know when they go into the office, oh, these are all marketing people. It's not finance. It's not, you know, everything else. Engineering. Yeah. I like love that. that. I can get in line. Yeah, with I that. really like that. That's really cool. So another piggyback off of that. So we don't uh, don't judge us. Uh, LinkedIn stalking here. We saw the article Richie's you posted. really good at LinkedIn stalking. <laughs> we saw the article you posted the other day, or uh, reshared the other day. It was the Bloomberg article. 
it, the title was, is the office more important now than ever before? Full disclosure, George and I both opened it. We saw it was a video clip. We didn't have time to, to, <laughs> to actually watch it, but the title reeled us in. You took the time to share it. Um, and that one liner itself is, you know, is the office more important than ever before? Because actually, I think we shared this this graph um, out with you. There's Google. There's a Google search graph out there done by uh, Data Tech or something it was called saying remote work is here to stay. Right. So mm -hmm. pre pandemic, the Google search was like zero percent for remote work. Twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Yeah. And then in twenty twenty, it shoots up to eight hundred percent. And even as recent as this year, it's still one hundred and seventy nine percent higher. So tying those kind of two things together is is the office more important now than ever. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I did share that video because I'm in it oh. for like a second. Oh, second. see, I, I wish I wish I watched it now. I'm sorry. We're going to have to we, watch we, it. We, we'll definitely watch was, that. We'll watch today. it together. I was, I, was a, I was a background actor oh. uh, in the video, right? We have so, a famous so. person on our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know, the, these are the type of things uh, my Indian parents love to see, so I share it. They're like, oh, my son said it. He's, uh, he, he's, uh, he's on a Bloomberg. Yeah. I'm like, no, mom. Fantastic. It's like three seconds. Uh, Fantastic. Um, but, 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 but the messaging around it is still relevant um, that the office is more important uh, it's just you know I'm working from home I have this shore mic I have this headset and, and, and I love working from home because of this but now people have to understand the office needs to have more technology or more accessibility or more features or more functions than they do at home right you can't just be static and throw some displays on the wall and expect people to come in and the office is also another place for people to gather, right? So let's think of uh, a university. People gather in one central area most of the time, the cafe, the quad, uh, different areas. Yep. You know, at the end of the day, we're all social beings in one point or another, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. So the office has to be a space where you're not longer providing a service, you're providing experience. So I like to think of an office now going forward as a hotel experience, Ooh. right? So, so when you go into a hotel, uh, the, the first person at the desk is a concierge. Like, oh, hey, welcome, Mr. Abraham. Your room is ready. Here's <laughs> your room. Um, well, you know, is there anything else you need? Oh, do you want some cookies? Here's some cookies, Ooh. right? Like imagine going to an office and getting that same experience. And then you go into a space where you're going to have a large collaboration uh, group. And then just like a concierge, you now have a tech concierge. Something's not working in your office. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Abraham. Let me move you to this room where everything's already working and ready while, you know, I'll take care of whatever's wrong in here. So the whole space behind the office needs to be thought of in my, you know, experience now is as a hotel experience where people are like, I want to go in the office because they got the cookies, they got the concierge, they got, you know, uh, they got a uh, you know, Asia was, I think it's Asian Heritage Month two weeks ago, and they had like free Indian food. Wow. Right. So, so there, there's Where all these experiences. <laughs> I like to Next be pampered. Time, I, got I want to make sure I'm pampered every time I come into George's office from now on and the hotel experience. So, yeah. So it's, it's really about, you know, focusing on the people that work there, right? And, and the experiences you can give them that are enhanced as opposed to like, like, one of the hashtags our leadership uses at Accenture is hashtag earn my commute. How are you earning my commute into the office, right? Uh, I think uh, a lot of people like to commute because that's their downtime, that's their free time, that's how they listen to podcasts, that's how they think. A lot of people, the commute causes them stress. So why would I go into the office, Port Authority, on the bus, 
you know, then walk a couple of blocks into the office. Oh, because I know that a group of my friend, my team is there. We're going to learn something new. We're going to collaborate on this project. And then after that, we're going to go to dinner. Oh, wait, dinner's actually in the office because they're providing it for us. It's that additional experience. And that's why the office is more important because you have spaces to provide experiences. I'm like selling it like it's Coachella. No, no, but this is interesting. <laughs> it's I have, working. I actually, I'm buying it. I actually have a follow-up to that because another thing that we were reading about was um, the discrepancy between, you know, everybody wants people back in the office, back in the office, back in the office. And then it's like, oh, but the manager's still working remotely, like oh, a good chunk of the, a majority of the time or 100% of the time. So like, like what what about that? So, so that revolves around not technology, not office, not anything physical. That revolves around company culture or, or group culture, right? I think one of the things a lot of companies missing right now, they're thinking about the office is, what is our culture right now? What, what was our culture pre-COVID? How has our culture changed after COVID or during COVID? So is our culture, everyone's just forced in the office and everyone hates each other because they're, everyone's forced into the office? Or is our culture more meaningful where, where you know, we, 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 we create experiences, we create groups, we create DEI groups, we create ERG groups where people are connecting with each other. I think just growing up in America, right, like, you know, going back to the story, one of, one of the things I always had a struggle with is, is I had never, I never had the ability to connect with anyone because I was an outsider, right? So third, fourth, fifth grader, I wasn't able to connect with everyone. I was like, I hate America. Let's just go back. Right. Like, like I hate this country. No one understands where I'm coming from. No one understands my family. No one understands, the, you know, different things. But as I kept going, I created connection throughout my high school years. Then that went through college Right? you get to college. It's a new campus. I don't know anyone. Right. How do you create that connection? Oh, that guy plays basketball. Oh, cool. We both now play basketball. Oh, oh, should I join that fraternity? All right. I joined a fraternity. Now fraternity. Is, oh, you like dancing to Asian music, me too. Let's do some bungra, right? So <laughs> it's, 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 it's really about creating a culture where people can find connectivity with their backgrounds, right? We're all adults. We've all been through stuff. We've all had experiences. Use the office or use the university or use the medical office or any structure to create that connection, in my opinion. So what you're saying if I'm understanding this correctly, is oh boy, work this from going? anywhere culture will grow on me. Yeah. Because I hate it right now. It will grow on you because, uh, so let me ask you a question. Why do you come in to the office every day? Because I like being around people. I like having conversations. I like the human interaction. Um, you know, and so, so why does it always have to be in the office? I mean, you were at the CTI event and that, that sounds like, right? right. So, so let's say, you, you, you and Rich, what, what do you two have in common? We have well, that's common. a long list. <laughs> Outside of the bald head, right? <laughs> wow. That, that could be a podcast in itself. I don't think we should get into <laughs> that just yet. So, so, so yeah, so, so the university, the office is one place, right? But what if I said, hey, um, you know, let's, let's go to uh, WeWork because uh, I want to talk about something. Uh, an idea, but I don't feel like driving into the city and I'll meet you halfway. Right. right? Let, let's, let's meet at this WeWork. We're still doing the same thing. Right. We're, we're, we're still accomplishing a deliverable. It's just not in the office. Yeah. So, That's or, I, or, I think hey, I, I do, I do agree that I think there are a lot of adjustments that need to be made with people that do think like myself. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, for the, the other thing from, from my perspective is 
when I was doing the work from home, it was hard for me to disconnect when oh, yeah. the job was over, right? I really was working. Hard. I was working till six, seven, sometimes eight o'clock at night until my wife yelled at me. Um, and she'll probably yell at me for bringing that up. But uh, yeah, but the phone ding, 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 ding. And you yeah, just keep it's looking constantly going on. It never ends because there's no reason for it to end. Right. You're, you're in your office. You're in your home. It's all the same place. When I'm in the office, you know, I have a schedule. I have a timetable that I come in for. I do my thing and I leave five, five thirty, six, whatever it is. When I leave, I have that absolute disconnect. So why can't you create the same schedule working from home? Because that's what I do. I, I have a schedule, a routine. Wake up, right? Then after I wake up, drink my coffee, drink my coffee, talk to my wife. This is pre-baby. This is pre-baby. Yeah, yeah, uh, fair, fair. To, to, to talk to my wife. What's your coffee and of choice, by the way? Because we have a big coffee segment every uh, week on coffee, the podcast. Cafe Bustello, all day, every day. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. All right. Um, so um, you do that, and then I check my emails, right? And then everyone, everyone sees my status on Teams. I'm online. And then I work and work. And then at the end of the day, I turn my status to not available. But if I'm on my phone, I might still read some emails, but I'm not going to reply to anyone. Right, right. Uh, 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 and, and then one thing I use a lot in emails is the delayed uh, deliverable Love that. Uh, option where it, it sends the email the next day next at 8 a.m. Yep. Yep. So, if, so it, you know, if I'm sitting watching Netflix or something, I can still write a quick email and then set, send at 8 a.m. Yeah, right? that's so, pretty cool. So yeah. it, so I it, also it, think the flip about, side happens where the person sets the email up at two o'clock and says, send at 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it, 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 I understand that the routine of going in the office and getting work done is, is, is a positive experience for everyone. But you could still do that working from home or working from anywhere. It's just a little bit more work, as I would say, right? Yeah, we're creatures of habit. It takes yeah, getting yeah. used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe it'll yeah. grow on me. Finding that know. balance. It's about finding the balance, really, right? Like, yeah. but it's 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 also using technology to to create those borders for work, right? It, it's, right. It's, it's also telling your team, hey, I'm only available until six. Anything after six, emergencies have to be texted to me, and it better be an emergency. That's what I told my team when I managed them. I say, if you hit me up at 9 p.m. about a project, it better be something. Otherwise, like <laughs> you owe me a coffee for a week or something. <laughs> you, gotta set, you have to set boundaries. Is that legal? Can I do home. that? Well, I think you know. I think part of it is George because like. I'm thinking back to our student worker days, right? Our AV days, we work until 10 o'clock at night. Like, I feel like we have that ingrained in us. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like we used to both work the, the night shift as student workers, even as supervisors when we first started in the right. AV Yuck world. Shift. We worked the graveyard, the two to 10 shift. So like, that's like, for some reason, I think that's like so ingrained in us. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I mean, again, I know you're old, but that's not, I'm not I going not there old. with that. That's not what I was going with there though. Like we, I think we were just, that's how, that's how our culture was here at, at Pace. I think- yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm going to use a buzzword, but everyone hates buzzwords. Yeah, um, we like buzzwords. Uh, we like buzzwords here. <laughs> so I, I think that it, previously we were doing uh, synchronous work, but now we're moving forward mm. to asynchronous working. That's interesting, where, yeah. Where, where workers can organize the order in which, you know, they have to finish their tasks. Uh, and in asynchronous work, communication is not expected to be immediate, right? So... So you're not expected to respond. So if I, you know, if we're all on the same team and we're a programming team, I finish the programming sprint and I'll say, Hey, I'm done with my sprint. The next day, you know, you know, George, Rich, you guys then take over. Right. So, so there, that's another thing that needs to people to understand 
is is moving forward with the hybrid work, work is going to be asynchronous as opposed to synchronous. I like that. That's a really cool way to look at yeah. it. I wasn't thinking of it that way. I do. Um, I do. Um, I do want to thank you. And this is a great conversation, but we only have 30 minutes. And Lou is really, really itching to ask you the million dollar question. We had a discussion before we got in here. Uh-huh. And the discussion was, what's your favorite Pop-Tart? Evidently, there's, it's a big thing right now on social media. There's only one winner when it comes to Pop-Tarts, and it's S'mores. I was going to say, let's un, say it together. Un, s'mores. Undoubtedly. Wow. Right? Undoubtedly. Frosted, toasted, what's chocolate. your preference? Oh, definitely toasted. You can't just have a plain old uh, <laughs> s'more. You got you to gotta get that good. You know what it is? The s'mores gives me a memory of childhood yes. and, 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 and high school and going on camps and retreats, right? It just gives, it brings me back to very quickly, not like every single time. It's like a quick like memory shoot yeah, in my yeah, brain. Yeah. Like, oh, remember that time you had s'mores and blah, 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 right? So I think that's what it is uh, I, when, it, when it comes to I agree. I have one more question on the, s'more, on, the, on the Pop-Tart end, and I'll let Richie ask this question. Do you eat the edges or just the frosted portion and throw the edges out? Oh no! You gotta eat the whole thing. You gotta. Yeah, I'm on board with that. That sounds like serial killer activity. <laughs> like, throwing out, like, what are you pulling the sides off first? A little bit. Yeah. Yes. Wait, really? Wait, who? who I do who break pulls the sides you, off. You, you I, really? I, I break the edges off. I don't. Wait, I, you is, do? Yeah. That's. Yeah, I'm not that's inclusive. That's not just stuff. a bit. What's that? that? You're not just doing a bit for this podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, yeah, this isn't a bit. This is real. I, I do break Wait, off so, the sides. So you just waste the edges. Uh, yeah. Next I mean, time you eat a pop tart, let me know. Do you yes. use a crust on pizza, or do you throw that out too? I I do. Uh, I I like crust. Oh yeah, that's I like a, crust. Isn't it's that the same thing? Same, I was about to say it's like the same idea. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But lose so a big lose a big. Uh, Lou, I know you wanted to jump in on this. What was your your pop tart no, preference? It's got to be unfrosted. Unfrosted, Oof. right? He's a big unfrosted no, guy. Unfrosted. Oh, it's too sweet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have I have a sweet tooth, so that's yeah, why fair. Like me it. too. So yeah. Me too. I'm gonna flat out tell you that's crazy. Coming from the guy who disassembles his pop. <laughs> yeah, you are. He said he did call you a serial killer of pop tarts. <laughs> oh man. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, that was good. I'm glad we got that on the table. We also have Chris here with us, who is our Gen Z, borderline Gen Z representative. Chris, what's your take on pop tarts? Now, I haven't had a Pop-Tart in close to 10 years, but when I would dabble in Pop-Tarts, it was always, always frosted. Always frosted. That's, can't go wrong. Flavor of choice? Flavor of choice. Cookies and cream. Oh. Cookies and cream. Interesting. Now, are you a serial killer of Pop-Tart and bend your sides (laughs) off or do you eat the whole thing? Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, I go for the whole thing. Yeah, wow. what? No, but at least he considered it. Only though. normal people eat the whole thing. He considered it though. I don't yeah. think so. I think he was just like, yeah, he was being nice. Wait, Thank you. You mean Lou. cutting, getting the edges off? Yeah, the my edges guy off. takes the George takes the edges off and throws them away. Yeah, it's like you're okay. eating. Okay, so when I eat frozen pop tarts, oh, when I did eat frozen pop tarts, mm-hmm. the edges were coming off. Interesting. Okay. That's by the way, frozen pop tarts. No clue what that is. <laughs> You just throw them in the freezer. <laughs> oh, so it's a regular pop tart. Yeah, you just keep them in the freezer. Oh, I gotta try that out. Interesting. I was a, for the record, I was actually a cherry guy, like the cherry flavor. So the the traditional was strawberry, right? Mm-hmm. I got the regular one with the white frosting with the kind of rainbow sprinkle things. Yeah. I was a cherry guy. That was my favorite kind. You're I don't know so why. Basic. You know what? Yeah, I can see so that. basic. I can see that. You yeah. look like a cherry guy. Thank you. 
Thank you. Is it because um, I'm bald? Well, <laughs> um, you know, I occasionally dabble in the strawberry realm when I'm looking to change things up, but I always have to go back to my go-to s'mores. Yeah. S'mores, yeah, cookies and cream, and then... You were talking about some birthday cake so flavor or something not, I've never heard of? It's not birthday cake. It's Sunday. Sunday. So it was like... Um, oh, was, like ice cream? Yeah. No so way. it was... Vanilla frosting. It's too wild. This stuff is too wild for me. I like I, I like, like the OG stuff. I like the exotic flavors. <laughs> old G. <laughs> uh, Twenty six years old. <laughs> Sunday one was like sugar barf. I couldn't. Ooh, I yeah. it you've had much. it before? Yeah, it was too much. I loved it. That's Coming cool. from Mister, I don't like frosting though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you were always you were never gonna like it. So we have two votes. So George and Sharath are on the uh, s'mores. s'mores train. Lou is on the original but non frosted train. Ew. Chris is on the cookies and cream train. Yep. And I am all about the cherry. Why is George laughing? Because <laughs> Lou is looking at me because I said, ew. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Lou's giving, look, he's got that glare. <laughs> that glare. You guys can keep your frosting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you do have to have a certain sweet tooth though, for will, that extra frosting. I will say, in your defense, the French toast one, which was not frosted, was amazing. That one was clutch. Okay. Was clutch. Right. Never had it. Never, Never had, had it. it. Never you got to you yeah. broaden your horizons. You know what it is? When I go for when I go into ShopRite or whatever it is, and I'm going in for the pop tarts, like I, got, I got tunnel vision. I mean, I'm looking for s'mores. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not that I'm going for strawberries. If it's not, I'm walking away. You know what you like. I know what and I like. He knows what he likes. I respect yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But uh, I I wanted to one thank you so much, Sharath, for taking some time with us. But before we let you go. This is going to seem like we're stalking you totally, but I see <laughs> that you're a Jets fan because you retweeted a couple of Jets things. Oh, I am a, yeah. I am a huge Jets fan as well. Unfortunately, Jet, Jet George is a giant New fan. York However, football, New York Giants. football is, you know, New York is just winning. Yeah, right New York now, is right? winning right now. I right. want to get your take. Give me, give me a one or two liner on the Jets, how you're feeling right now. Cause I'm a diehard fan. It seems I'm, like you are I'm, a diehard fan as well. I'm so. so happy we could score in the red zone. Yeah. Right? Just, just, we, we have, Running back that oh. can score in the red zone. We have a quarterback that's smart enough to not just throw picks. Right. It is. It is so refreshing. Refreshing. Be, can you? Yeah, can you tell that smart quarterback of yours to throw the ball to Garrett Wilson <laughs> so he gets some fantasy points? He selfishly oh, wants his fantasy what? team you know to do what? well. You know, you know who's worse? Uh, Elijah Moore. Yeah. He's getting zero looks. Well, he's not on my team. I he don't was, care. He was ah. tweeting. He was tweeting his displeasure with targets the other night. Evidently. So yeah, right. So yeah. he's off the team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. <laughs> but but now it's NBA season. My Brooklyn Nets look absolutely. Oh no, you're a Nets. Fan. Oh no! I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Nets, Jets, and Mets fan. Okay, well, you, okay. So hey, we got the Jets in common. You got the Mets in common with George. I am a Celtics fan, diehard. He is a and Knicks fan, and you are a Nets fan. This is uh, <laughs> interesting. We could have a lot of debate over that. Yeah, that's a whole another podcast. <laughs> that's a whole well, another podcast. Mets next year, right? It's- yeah, it's exciting to have a winning record in the middle of the season. That's for sure. Yep, <laughs> I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I'll let George wrap it up here, but we really, I just want to say thank you so much for taking some time with us today. This was phenomenal. Was like the so, so, in everything you said was great, and we, we really appreciate you taking a few minutes. And we do have one more question for oh. you before you let go because Richie prematurely jumped. What did I do? Coming. What are you watching these days? Oh, streaming. Streaming. What are you uh, watching? I'm, I'm streaming a lot of things. So I just, uh, what's it called? Andor on Disney, right? I'm a Star Wars. <laughs> oh, Star okay. Wars geek. okay. 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 Um, Handmaid's Tale with my wife, House of Dragons with my wife. All right. How's, um, how's House of Dragons? I haven't started yet. I'm waiting for the whole thing to end. So I, I can binge I'm it. really enjoying it. It's, it's, it's really good. Uh, it, 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 it's fun to watch, uh, as I would say. 
Game of Thrones then, fun to watch or not as much? Well, I mean, Game of Thrones, everything killed it at the end because it's the finale, <laughs> right? So that's yeah. why you're like, oh, God, what are they going to do with this yeah. one? Spoiler alert, um, don't watch season seven of Game of Thrones. That's why I didn't then, care about House of Dragons. because Yeah, how- but House of Dragons is really good, the storyline. And then Severance on Apple TV. I heard which, that was good. Oh, okay. I saw that. Well, yeah, I popped it's, up. It's definitely, right. definitely it, it, you know, we're talking about work and, and how all that revolves. I would yeah. say watch Severance and you're going to be like, hmm. All right, mm-hmm. all right. I'll Noted. add it to the list. I'm going to add Noted. it to the queue. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sharat, we don't want to keep you around too long. Thank you so much for coming, being a part of the show. And uh, I'm sure we would love to have you on in the future. Absolutely. Maybe talk about the metaverse. Oh. Oh, yeah. Is that that's possible? That's, I don't think anyone's ready for the metaverse. <laughs> every, every time I try to talk about the metaverse, people are like, all right, Sharat, I'm out. <laughs> we would love to have you back to have that chat. We've been we've been gathering some info on it, and I think in a couple next couple months we might you know reach back out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we want to be sure we're ready to talk the metaverse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Awesome. Thanks, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sharat. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, brother. So let's switch gears real quick. We have actually some really cool sports tech to talk about today, right, George? Uh, World Cup is coming up soon. Cup of life. Cup of what does that mean? The cup of life. That's, that's what they're what, calling it. No, that's oh. what that's what soccer World Cup is referred to. Oh, okay. Thank you for that nugget. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so evidently, the new or the yeah, the current or the, the the ball that they've developed for the World Cup, which is starting in about a month, which a is month, yeah. wild, mind blowing, um, is equipped. It's a smart. It's a smart soccer ball. Is that how, can we really can we, can we dumb it down yes. a little bit? I don't mean to say that like in it's a, a weird ball. way, but it's a smart ball. It's a smart ball. Um, so yeah, I know we read up on this a little bit. Give me give me some info about this. So the biggest gripe in all soccer matches are the offside calls, yeah. right? And let's be honest here, it's really unfair to the referee and all kinds of you know everything that they're looking through to be able to judge by a fraction of a second if a player is offside while noticing whether the ball was kicked before the player went forward and so on and so forth, right? right? So this is going to be absolutely groundbreaking tech. So basically there are, just like last week's, uh, last last episode's uh, yellow line. Yellow line, right. There's several cameras that are that are positioned on players. I think there's seven or eight cameras on the pitch. The soccer ball has a the sensor. Pitch, you in say. It. The pitch, the pitch. The pitch. Um, the soccer ball <laughs> has a sensor in it, so it is always being sensed and sent, and the information is being sent back. So the moment the player touches the ball, the rest of the cameras are sensing where the rest of the players are, and it's doing the math of whether the players are offside, yes or no. Oh, cool. That the is wild. The moment the flag goes up, the referee gets notified in their headset, the flag goes up, you're offsides. So I'm curious to see how this is going to play out in the big game Mm -hmm. because I'm sure as crazy as soccer players are, there are going to be some serious brawls in this matter. It says that this was the culmination of three years of research and testing. So this literally took three years to develop. Three years is not enough, I feel like. Like they felt like it should have been more? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm still curious to see, Chris, what you saying? No, I I think three years is a pretty... Yeah. I mean, it's the most, you know, arguably the, the most popular sport on the planet. Yes. And I feel like That's fair. they would dump a lot of money into it to make sure that they got this tech right. I hope so, man, because this is the World Cup we're talking about. It's you know true. what I mean? This it's, it's if, for me, the time between the camera and the sensor and all this stuff happening, going back to the booth and the booth guy saying in the whispering in the ref's ears, that's offsides. <laughs> you know, yeah. Given the crowd noise, does the referee miss it? 
you know, sees whatever it is. Yeah. What is that lag, right? Yeah. And what is the lag? That's, that's what I'm, I'm really curious. So I guess we'll find out in a month, but that is really cool tech though. It yeah. is really cool tech. Yeah, for sure. But I definitely, I definitely agree with uh, what you're saying that there's definitely room for human error for yeah. sure. That, that timing between the call or the sensor reading it and then going to the official. I mean, it has to be instant. I'm okay. Here it is. It I was looking for this. Ready? A new Adidas suspension. Oh, let me let me suppose sensor to ever be used inside a World Cup official line, tracking every touch of the game at a rate of five hundred times per second. I mean, yikes! So the five hundred hertz measurement unit, blah blah blah, very accurate ball movement to video. Okay, so the transmission of data to video match officials within seconds throughout the tournament. But seconds—that's that's a lot big. of time. That's big, but I guess in real life, though, to me, it's like, okay, wouldn't you rather, if there's a two-second delay, wouldn't you rather be right than... Because, let me ask you this, what if it's a goal? Yeah. It's declared a goal. Right. Two seconds later, ref right. goes, nope. Don't they do that, though, to begin with? Like, the, the offsides flag, don't they review that type of stuff anyway these days? Like, they're trying to review that type of stuff, and they review all goals yeah. anyway, like all scoring plays. Isn't that like a thing now in most in yeah. well, most sports, yeah. I, I mean. Guess. People much smarter than me are looking fair, into this, so fair. it's probably do you, they do some type of replay. Yeah, for mm. sure. Do you think we could? Um, I mean, here's here's a thought: Can this expand into other sports? Like Chris, I know you're a big basketball guy. Do you think that the basketballs are going to have like little ch chips and trackers in them soon that we can start looking at? Like spin, well, baseball. I was going to say baseball spin rates, but basketball. Yeah. The way you the way you shoot a basketball, the rotation on a basketball, the way it goes double through dribble, the net, double the, dribble. yeah, tracking double dribbles, I, stuff like that. What do you think about? I, like, is that possible? Do we think that's possible? I definitely think it's possible. I mean, and I'm welcome to it. Like, I'm for any sport having the most accurate calling, you know, whether it's, like George said, robot umps. Um, True Gen Z opinion here. Yeah, yeah here I'm, it is. I'm all for that because I just feel like there's too much human error where there's too many important calls that are missed because of the judgment of one person yeah. who could potentially miss something. Yeah. With, um, like, with, like, robot umps, they're most likely not going to miss anything. And then just in terms of like using like Rich, you mentioned basketballs. Yep. Like you get the most accurate statistics. Yep. Um, All those analytics guys, right? Daryl Morey. Isn't Daryl Morey the big analytics guy? Yeah. I mean, anything that gets the most accurate stats. And then just think about like buzzer beaters. Like yes. if that's yeah. something uh, that it'll track. Yep. I'm all for it. More chips, the better. Let's bring it back to football that, real that, quick, if you don't mind. The Giants came from last week, yes. right? Um, oh, yeah. I, mean, I know where you're going with this. Hindsight, we won. So great. But Lamar hikes the ball yeah. like two seconds after the clock yeah. shows zero. Yeah. And the refs don't call that play. And they score a touchdown on that play. Yeah, that was brutal for and you. Had we lost that game by that touchdown... This would be a very to different topic. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah. They're a very different discussion. And that happens a lot. And they, they, the, the announcers always explain that is the ref always, he looks at the play clock. Once it hits zero, he like immediately turns and sees if the ball snap. And it's almost like a one Mississippi in his head. That's always, but if that was like, that I was, was watching a it live. I actually, ironically, I turned it off. The jet came off for a second just to see what the Giants were doing. And I saw it. I'm like, I mean, I was happy. Mark Andrews got a touchdown in fantasy, but uh, I was like, oh, wow. That was like one Mississippi, two Mississippi. That was a legit blown call. And I was also going to, I was going to um, give the NFL some credit because I feel like they've been doing a good job with this review stuff mm -hmm. lately, right? Like they're really streamlining. They've kind of taken the NBA approach uh, and Crystal knows more more what I'm talking about here too with the amount of NBA he watches. Like the when they go back to uh, New York or New Jersey, they yep. say they, they have they have this like literal control room and the NFL right. now, you always hear them talking about New York. Right. They they, they but took... The time, but the clock is not a reviewable It's play. not. So what I was getting at it was one, we need more reviewable plays, which like you said before, obviously smarter people out there or they think they're smarter 
smarter than us are making these rules. But what I'm saying is the NFL needs to keep taking because the NBA, I feel like sometimes their reviews are so quick. But the NFL this year, I've noticed have been a lot quicker. So they're, they're really you, they're, they're streamlining them a lot more. And going back to the soccer thing, as long as the, all these sports are copying off each other, copy the good things and eventually you'll have something almost perfect. Yeah, yeah we are a copycat culture, but well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Chris, what are you watching these days? Ooh. Um, right now, I just finished up The Lord of the Rings show. Oh, okay. I uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, I'm two episodes behind uh, House of the Dragon. Mm. Um, I'm waiting for it to finish. I'm going to binge it. George is a big binge guy. I feel like yeah. you don't watch anything live, do you? No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm a mixed bag, so like I'll binge some things, then I'll or I'll wait. Like uh, I remember with Game of Thrones, I was so far behind. I was like, I just need to wait for this to be done, and then right. I can catch up. Yeah. Um, House of the Dragon, I'm gonna probably unpopular, but it's very dull. Yeah, that's what I will say. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard that before. Yeah, and it's it's not bad. Like it's it's not a you know it's just a very slow slow burn. Okay. So. The Lord of the Rings show, I'm a big, uh, big fan of. Um, Atlanta is like my current favorite show. Um, no clue what that is. So <laughs> it is, um, you know, uh, Donald Glover. Yes, sure. So it's a, a drama series about him and his cousin, who's a rapper. What up, cousin? Hey, cousin. And uh, he is uh, Donald Glover's character is his uh, manager, and it's them navigating the what rap scene platform. FX. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, okay. It's okay. Am- regular it's, TV. It's amazing. Good old regular TV. Yeah, but they stream it. Um, <laughs> George is too old to watch regular but it's, TV. It's on Hulu. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's on Hulu. Um, it's, it premieres every That's Thursday. Right. A lot oh, of I, have George's, I have George's Hulu login yeah. info. I'll, uh, Don't let check the Hulu oh, sorry. hear that. Sorry, Hulu. <laughs> at Hulu. <laughs> at bald AV guys. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's do this. All right, Chris, you ready for the ball joke of the day? Ball joke of the day. I'm so ready. Chris, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. What happens when two bald men put their heads together? Two bald men put their heads together. We could do a visual, but it might take us a little while to get up. I don't know. They make an ass out of themselves. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Well done. Well done. That's the joke of the day, folks. I'm a, I'm a fan. With that being said, I just wanted to thank everybody for joining us for episode three. We have some exciting episodes on deck coming up over the next couple months. And uh, thanks to all of our guests today, uh, Sherat, Chris, Sweet Lou, as always, on the other side of the glass, was Ooh. also on this side of the glass and now is back on the other side of the glass. He's a chameleon and uh, yeah. couldn't do this without him. Sweet Lou was in and out today. What was going on there, bro? Oh, there's, I mean, there was other stuff. <laughs> Sweet Lou's busy man. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm with you in spirit always. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, yeah, that's 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 all we got for today, and I'll, I'll let George wrap it up here like usual. That's a wrap for episode three. Be kind, do good things, and spread the love, folks. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs>